0: My name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer, journalist and broadcaster. And for the first decade of this century, I did for the Irish radio station RT Radio 1, a music series titled Under the Influence. Sadly, that title was subsequently used, be it stolen consciously or otherwise, for a similar MTV show. So now, after revisiting the master tapes of those old interviews, I've decided to turn the best into a podcast series called the music that made me. I may even add the subtitle, made me want to make music. Either way, what follows is one of those shows, minus music, which for copyright reasons I can't include. Some of the full shows and many of my other radio programs are available on mixcloud.com. And if you want to read any articles that arose out of these interviews, you can check out joejacksoninterviewer.com. Enjoy the show. Okay, now did you get the facts on what the show is about? The radio show is. Yeah, you got that. So yeah. you see where it's kind of coming from. Yeah. So you can kind of. Uh, I'll dub in the music when I get back home, and I know you kind of. Uh, I'm going to lead up to you talking about the latest album, and even if we repeat some of the stuff we said in the Irish Times. Okay. Just forget it, because this is a different audience and a different day. So
1: he's picking three different influences,
0: right? It's kind of like well, what? um Well, let me do a spoken intro to the show. Paul Weller, we're sitting in your studio here in Surrey, and. Uh, can you remember one particular song or single soul single maybe that would have galvanised you into music and said this, this is exactly what I want to do
1: Um as an initial an initial influence you mean yeah probably well it would either be the Kinks or the Beatles or it would be both really and um Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks is a big one for me which I heard uh, which come out what 67 so it would have been 9 that really caught my imagination, and Strawberry Fields Forever by The Beatles was another one. But what was it about, the, did the
0: kinks kind of remind you of where you lived? I mean, all those images of London and, and, and well, uh, bridges well, and,
1: and, and 60s. And you, were, you were nine, I was very young to be relating to that. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have related it on that level you're talking about, because I've come from, from Woking, which is a suburban town. I mean, it's, only, it's only 25 minutes down the road, or 45 minutes down the road from London, but it's still a world away. All right. And it was even more so at that time. You didn't have the motorways and all that stuff. But um, but I suppose also, well, melodically anyway, I was always affected by Ray Davis. He had something in his melodies. I don't know, whatever it was, kind of part, not nostalgic as well. I don't know, in a strange way. I don't know, because a nine-year-old would be nostalgic, but there was something kind of wistful in his melodies. I don't know what the right word is. But, um, and also I think he was one of the few people. Who was writing about very very English sub subjects, you know, and also using very English imagery. Right. Most other music at that time was kind of sort of secondhand American images, or you know, post rock and roll images. And uh, I can't, you know, even now I can't think of many people really who kind of use those sort of images that Ray Davis did. It was also very.
0: I saw him recently in Dublin, and you realise it was also post vaudeville working class culture very much being celebrated at the centre in a lot of his songs. Mm. Something he was very clearly, very proud of. Yeah. So Waterloo Sunset, we can play for you? Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we just heard the um, Kinks singing Waterloo Sunset. The Kinks and the Beatles and that kind of stuff were one of the influences on the jam, and that kind of stuff you brought on board when you formed the jam. Yeah, definitely. So so what else was it? I know you've said to me elsewhere that kind of you loved uh, Lennon's line, no one else
1: is in my tree, because you just thought that single image hooked you. Just like the kind of arrogance of that line, and that's how I took it anyway. And just the thought that, you know, maybe you are special in life. Perhaps there is something special mapped out for you. And it's not beyond some little kid's imagination from a little suburban hick town, you know. Perhaps there is something else lying out there, you know. Oh, all right. And that's the way I took it anyway.
0: But the extension for Lennon was, am I a genius or am I mad? And I don't think he ever answered the question for himself.
1: I don't know, <laughs> he's probably not. But, um, but you would see him more as a genius than mad. Uh, I don't know about a genius. I don't know what it entails to be a genius. What you know, I mean, His other quote was, if there's such a thing as, as as a genius, you know whether they exist or not, then I'll probably am one. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it?
0: yeah.
1: Uh... But when you, when, when you then got to study or listen, to, not study, because you, you'd say you
0: kind of more, you absorbed it, the songs of the Beatles, Lennon and McCartney, did you have more of a tilt towards
1: John? Would it have been more John than Paul or both together? I loved them both at the time. You know, I was a huge, huge Beatle fan. Um, I think probably Lennon's stuff was, is a bit more enduring, you know. Probably go back to his stuff more, to be honest. But um, I loved all the four Fab Four, you know. All right. But you also came
0: of age as a teenager when Lennon brought out, we'd say, his solo albums, *The Primal yeah. Therapy* and *Imagine*, Yeah. And it was I love stuff both like that. Yeah. And you got them at the time. Would you have got them, like? Yeah. So how would something like *The Primal Therapy*, with *Working Class Hero*, and *and How* or not how is on *Imagine*? Those kind of really
1: stark lyrics would they have really hit you? Um. I don't know if I've been old enough to sort of take them on fully, you know, but I still, I still like to, I still like working class here. I mean, it probably sounds a bit cliché these days, really, but um, keep your dope with with religion, sex, and TV. That's still pretty relevant, I'd say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think TV is the opium of the masses, or one of them, anyway. But um, yeah, I relate to a lot of it. So if you I, wait think, if- I think, you know, I mean, I was probably a bit too young to sort of fully cop a lot of it. But if, you, if I was to play a Beatles or a Lennon track, what would you like to hear? I'd like to hear Love Is off, um, off the first song of the Plastic Ono band. Very plaintive, very beautiful song. It's a beautiful song, very fantastic simple. song. And there's a great version as well, there's a demo version they put on that box set recently. Oh, the blue box set? Yeah. All right, okay. Do you want to hear that well, well, That version? Hear that. I'd love the to The acoustic hear version? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's great. There's some really astounding stuff on him in the yeah. studio getting crazy at Phil
1: Spector and all that stuff. Yeah. Some yeah. Some of it I don't need to hear, to be honest with you. Some of it goes all too right. far, you know. Because C- it goes,
0: you don't need to know that well, about it's the just, sessions. Uh, the
1: only thing I've got problem I have with a lot of box sets is you've got like fucking 80 or 90 tracks to plow through or something. You know, I used to like the days when you just had an album to play, you know, an A and B side. I better still a single. Yeah, well. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, so we're coming out of... Uh, john lennon's love is and who else from around there was there anyone else around that area mostly was it ray davis and lennon mccartney who would have been the primary as writers yeah
1: and then later on i guess Smokey robinson i thought um i thought he was a great writer and a great lyricist and uh it was kind of like um almost like taking do what but evolving it and you know a thousand times or something and just kind of, you know, intellectualizing a lot of it in some ways. It was still kind of like boy meets girl kind of lyrics, but the way Smokey took some of those images and those kind of, I don't know what you call them, but when he... I don't know about this, but you have to cut, cut this beer.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Now, what about Smokey? Because I mean, it's not. Uh, it's an interesting choice because Bob Dylan was once asked who is as the greatest poet in songwriting, and he said Smokey Robinson, America's greatest what, living poet. Yeah, did he say that about Smokey? And it's not. He doesn't always get hauled into these kind of examinations of great songwriters no, at that but he level. Also,
1: I mean, they're just little simple lines for me, like uh, in the song "The way you do the things you do," which the Temptations did. There's a great line that says, "The way you stole my heart, you could have been a cool crook." I mean, that's yeah. a fantastic line. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're so smart, you could have been a school book. I mean, whatever those are called, juxtapositions, are they? I don't know. You're the, uh, the yeah, writer, man. You're the...
0: <laughs> yeah, they are juxtapositions. They're <laughs> but whatever of, they're called, yeah. anyway, they're clever. <laughs> And, bit, and also with the voice, because you listen to a lot of soul. You but you were saying, I know you said at one point that before you redefined yourself in the nineties, you would not have listened to music by people with beards. Right, <laughs> it was
1: that kind of thing. Crosby,
0: right. Stills and Nash, and the, the Van Morrison's were not your ilk. No, you were you were a real soul I was kid.
1: Up, yeah, because I was, and in my school when I was at sort of teenage, you know, 13, 14 or whatever, you're either a skinhead or a suedehead, or you were sort of like a long hair, dark side of the moon kid, you know. <laughs> And you know, never the twain shall meet. And it was for us it was just all Motown, soul, stacks, reggae, and that was it. We right. listen to any progressive rock or geezers with long hair or beards. Oh <laughs> it's very blinkered, you know. It was, yeah. No, but you found in time then you needed to shake that off. And yeah, it helped no, redefine it, who you became. Well no, I just I just opened up the joys of all music, you know, and she's a great thing. And uh and not to be um you know, not to be blinkered about it and just, you know, I like but the only criteria is just whatever's good, I want to hear it, you know, whatever, whatever you got out there and, it's, and if it's good and I should hear it, then I want to hear it. So do you want to hear the way you do the things you do? I certainly do. <laughs> it's a great,
0: <laughs> it's a great song, man. I think it's it a great a lyric. Song, yeah. I heard it first by Dion. Remember him, Dion DeMucci and the Belmonts, right. that guy, he did an album in the 70s and the way he, tosses those lines around right. as good as smoking what do you call They're that like? what do they call that when they've got it, it is it's uh, it's it's parallelism or it's juxtaposition well, it's you know that kind, of, that kind of that kind of thing smoking. yeah you're this or you're that right, right. And, and and then this explanation uh, clarifies the first right, line right, right. i mean dylan uses that technique all the time but he doesn't always deliver right. i mean dylan always sets up very uh, one of his formulas is three lines that lead you in a certain direction and a fourth line that upends it right right you know what i mean right. but i think it's great i love well, well let's go back into that Okay, we've just come out of Smokey Robinson's The Way You Do the Things You Do. You were talking there about those kind of juxtapositions in the lyric. You're very much, you're still someone who 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 loves good craft in songwriting. Yeah, Aren't you? Really, that's yeah. that's kind of drives you. You can see you're getting excited in when you talk about it now. Right. And, I mean, where would you say in your work that you kind of
1: paralleled Smokey if you did? And you, well, don't I be afraid to be argued. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do, I wouldn't drink to do that. But, because um, what I do is different from what Smokey does. You know, I'm, it might be an influence, you know, but I... I couldn't say anything. Would you 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 couldn't pick a track? No, because I don't write in that style. Do you know what I mean? All right. I have a different style of writing. Okay. There is so where... I admire that. You know, and I think he was the master of that, of that style. When you see the crit- the critiques
0: of your own work that rate you so highly as as a, a Brit rock or whatever you want to call it songwriter, do you take that
1: with a grain of salt, or you go somebody
0: is recognizing that I'm trying anyway?
1: From a from what kind of from what source you mean? From the from a paper review? Yeah. You, from... I get more from you know from the person in the street to be honest you know that they're the ones who shell out their ardour and cash and buy the records or come to a gig it means more to me if one of the if, if a fan comes up and says yeah i
0: get it yeah that kind of stuff of course yeah and um moving on from smokey robinson who would have when you when you went into the kind of uh i mean with the jam and stuff like that it would have been punk the who and looking back and updating that stuff
1: and pete townsend yeah yeah and he's um you know for me right with pete townsend he i thought he said more in Three and a half minutes or three minutes with Substitute than he ever said in Tommy all right. or any of those concept albums for me. So I thought it was just so brilliant. I mean, the fact he was only 19 when he wrote Substitute is just, I think, it's quite mind-boggling. And the whole kind of imagery in Substitute is fantastic to me. Yeah, what is it about that lyric you think we look pretty good together and all that? Yeah, just the, um, you know, we'll just read out the whole set of lyrics and, you know... It's in there i don't know, i mean it's not something that i have to relate to on a personal right. level i just think it's kind of i hadn't i'd personally hadn't heard imagery in songs like that before you know and i kind of came to the who a lot later as well i don't remember them in the 60s so I you came to came them when more late early 70s, 70s early 70s, 70s. It? right uh, but did you go through the whole body of work
0: and you just think substitute stands out as a really yeah exciting i like you know i
1: like i like their early stuff i like from 65 um, the singles. Um, there were I mean. another great singles band, oh, well, and yeah. as you say, they overstretched it when they went to like Pictures of Lily and you know I'm a boy and stuff like that. Because I can't think anyone else who was writing those sort of style of songs. They were kind of real abstract things, but yet using sort of everyday images. You know, maybe it's part of all these pop art theory. ad I don't know. Pete Townsend, yeah, yeah. coming out
0: of art college. Yeah, that was it. There's another, our, our, our word for the show today is juxtaposition. I think Pete would have no problem with that because he, he paralleled images in all those right. songs too. And right. I think Substitute's a great example. So we play that too. Cool. Okay, we're getting a lot of music in. Okay, Paul Weller. Uh, apart from not wanting to listen to the Beardies and that, uh, when you, 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 you also retained a great love for people like uh, Stevie Marriott uh, and Traffic. Right. So, so when, when was that and why did that, why did that become, you still go back to that? Uh, not on the well, new they're... album but up to recently why, what, what was it about them and ronnie lane is is tributed on your new album why what?
1: that that particular group um well i've just always loved the small faces i mean and also we're talking about a lot of influences that were you know my first and initial influences you know and and the, those things probably always stay with you i think the first things that ever turn you on you know put you onto music in a serious way and those kinds of things always you know always stay with me and it's not to say i play them every single day i wake up but uh but if people ask me what was my first and most enduring influence, then it'll be all probably would always be that stuff, you know. And I thought it was a very, very creative time that mid sixties onwards. And uh, the small faces I, you know, particularly love because there were f- four geezers for three geezers from the East End and one from Hounslow, who um, you know, kinda of never pretended to be anything other than that and yet were still striving to get better and make something different and do something different in music. And also the whole imagery as well. You know, I loved all the clothes and the air cuts and all that stuff. And I still do. And I like the fact that they, you know, these four young Londoners trying to sound like Booker T and the MGs, but coming up with something uh, something else in the process. And, yeah. yeah. The soul's true. Yeah.
0: But they also they didn't they kind of fracture it when they went for some of the concept albums, you know, the Nutgone yeah, Gone Flake a big, or
1: whatever. You know, I'm not, not what a I mean. big lover of concept albums yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I
0: think they kind of again when they were at their great singles, it yeah. was it was classic Small Faces.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, what become the Nice and stuff like that, Nitschku Park, and you know, like you say, just great singles, really. And what what more than any other one would you really think? God, I can
0: listen to that time and again, and I'll never tire of it. Tin Soldier for me. Yeah, it's one of the greatest love songs I've ever heard. Do you? Yeah. I know I, I must be missing I never thought of that why what is it about the lyric
1: uh it's when S- Steve Marriott was trying to win over his what would be his first was going to be his first wife and I think it was the song that done it for her yeah and she finally consented after she heard that who was that her name was Jenny oh, I'm not too sure actually I should know this okay. a train spot. <laughs> so this was the, you are sure. a
0: transporter on it <laughs> so this was his open valentine tour
1: yeah by all accounts yeah I've heard, I've seen a quote anyway by Steve Marriott saying that have you ever used a song that way no, I haven't, actually. I, mean, I don't know if I've got it in me to do that, you know. An open valentine. <laughs> I've always had, um, you know, I think it's very, very hard to write a great love song, and I'd love to be able to do it. Mine have always got a slight um, hesitancy about them, you know. kind of gets to a point, but then I look, and there's always a little dark corner in them, which is, I don't know. Which is what? You're, you're afraid
0: to go that further distance? Yes, it is, yeah. To, to die, just rip open the heart? Yeah, Like a soul
1: singer might, or Smokey would Yes, have. Yeah, but it's also just finding the right images or, you know, using the right words without being corny is what's well, a very hard thing to do. Without sounding twee. Yeah.
0: All right. But you did admire listening to soul stuff. I mean, the, the emotion yeah, and yeah. the open emotion in some
1: of that soul stuff would t- still tears, tears your heart out. Fantastic, yeah. You know, Daryl Banks, Beautiful yeah. feel, Feeling. You've heard yeah. that song. And yeah. That's a fantastic love song, you know.
0: But you also, I mean, people do say that you, you can't, you can, whatever about the lyrics, if you don't go the extra distance, that when you sing... You go there, right? Would you Would you agree with that? You know, you're not you don't pull back from emotion when you're singing. No, not at all. No. All right, it's just no. You're talking you, about just the yeah, actual the lyric. Like, yeah, going that extra distance. So, so I suppose Tin Soldier, we better play. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll also, we Both of us will send this out secretly to some woman out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going very well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can go straight into talking about the new album. Is there any, do you, you, you can sing a song or play a guitar or do anything, a lick, if I asked you just to play a bit from a song, just because yeah. we are in a studio and it seems like, let's tap into that. You know what I mean? I can't get a song. Great. Okay. Uh, Paul Weller, we've talked, we've talked about kind of musical influences, but the, the, and you, all, you were just talking there about, we are talking about the nature of love songs. But on, on the new album, you, kind of, you have set out to celebrate love, to celebrate life, to se- celebrate changes in your personal life after a marriage breakup and there's a, there's a song to your daughter. So there are those kind of emotional influences, but you don't like songs being reduced to, that, to slabs yeah, of no, autobiography. Yeah, I an album
1: just, you know, trying to rectify what, I, you know, me breaking up with my wife or something. You know, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it wouldn't work like that. Even if there is a song, as you have said, Might which is a song, gesture yeah, back towards it, Yeah, to yeah, it be one song, but it wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a basis for a whole album, you know? Right, okay.
0: But it is kind of reflecting those changes in your life. The new one is lighter, and it's yeah. and as you say, it's focusing and on colour. And also color.
1: a place that I wanted to get to as well. And take people with me as well, which is what, which is what that cele- is, you know, celebrate. Yeah, and like we said before, like the place of light and color and you know, joy. All right, and it even has a kind of Brendan Behan influence, <laughs> or aspiring towards Brendan Behan. Yeah, well, yeah, which is which is uh, there is no drinking after you're dead. All right. Okay. I'll just imagine him pissed up in a pub in New York or something singing it. You know, that's what, that was the image in my mind. That was, I? that was the feeling you got. Yeah. Okay.
0: You did say too, that you write better when you're pissed off. Well, hasn't that always been a thing about you? Oh, so yeah. this is another part of that, how to write a love song when I'm not pissed off. Yeah.
1: You know, that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. But, but the pissed off, the anger and the rage goes back to kind of just got, forward. Well, you just got more use of images when you're that, you know, in those darker songs, you know, they there's a wider range of images to use, I think, and I think there's some ways they're easier to write. All right. Okay, because they're an outburst. I don't know, whatever it is, you just seem to have more, you know, the imagery is just much, much wider than, I don't know if it's, you know, it's not necessarily a good enough reason to write those songs. All right. But they're just easier to write, I guess. Okay, could you give us an example of a track, uh, like a
0: genesis of a track from the new album? Yeah, you tell me which one you'd like. You can do any of them? you you play, No, I'd like, yeah. Time Temperance, loveliness I'd like. I mean, obviously, whatever ones more, that work at a more acoustic level. Yeah. yeah. You could, if you want to do a bit of the Behan one.
1: No. Uh, that'd be difficult. We'll need a capo for that and a guitar oh. roadie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. We call a certain tune in that. Okay. So talk, talk us into this. You know, you, you, tune us in. You know, it's, up to, well, it's up to you, whatever, any track you, you feel would kind of represent truthfully, the new album.
1: Right. Um, that's half me to say because they all do, in a sense. and They're all different little facets of it. But um, I think I'll play your Sweet Pea in that case. That would sum it up for me. That's all right. OK. Sweet Pea, My Sweet Pea, which I wrote for my daughter. And uh, in some ways, I think the sort of sentiments in the song, she probably won't really get until she's got her own kids or she's grown up. And I like the idea that this song goes on and on and on as has some enduring quality about it. There's a line in it which says, uh, sometimes, just maybe sometimes, look back on these times and smile and have the grace to know what you've seen, which is, uh, you, know, you're not, you know, you're not fully aware of what's, what you're going through as a child, you know? And only so when you look back and think we had what great times we had and, you know, and the love and the magic that was there, and you know? Do you know? But it's a, that's also a line for Paul Weller as well as for Leah. Yeah. Isn't it?
0: So you're singing partly yeah. to yourself and partly to her.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll play a bit of that. Do you want to do whole thing or a bit? <laughs>
0: Okay, thank you very much. Sweet P reminded me of a Manfred Man song. Wasn't there a Manfred Man single called that? Sweet P was an instrumental. Was
1: the instrument one. Remember yeah. that, wasn't it? I do, It was yeah, B-side. Yeah.
0: Wasn't it great? What was the B-side? One of the good ones. of uh, Yeah. Blue Label. You're the Transpatter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, I, I had it. Uh, Mighty like, Quinn or I don't know. Good right Yeah, though. it was around that time. Okay, if you, I know you... Uh, well, let me go back in on one last question to get out. I really like that song in an acoustic version, too. we yes, just yeah. did it. Yeah. Paul, you, you jumped back earlier when I kind of tried to compare you or asked you where, like, you, you, you matched them, um, Smokey. Right. Okay? But if there was somewhere in, in the body of your work, anywhere, anywhere, where you can just go, I got it right, not comparing yourself to any of the greats, but you just can put that on like you put on, the way you do the things doing, so you do on Sugo, Weller, you got it
1: there. Uh, well, I'd say Wildwood, the actual track Wildwood, song Wildwood, why? Yeah. Um, because it kind of wrote itself and I think they're always special, them songs. And I didn't have to sit and deliberate about any of it. It just came. And I just uh, sat around in hotel rooms. I was on tour for a lot that year, the year before I wrote that, that album. And um, <clears throat> once I had that chord sequence, the words just came and it was just a question of editing really after that. All right. And you still get joy when you sing it? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's very much uh, a folk song as well, in the real sense of the word. And I've been at gigs, notably one I can think of anywhere, up in, when I was up in Glasgow in Barrowlands, where the whole audience sang it, and it was just almost terrifying, but in a beautiful way, you know. All right, okay, that point, because you have talk, you've talked you've talked to me about that, that in all, a lot of the gigs you do, what
0: you are looking for, the once in a while where you yeah, transcend everything, ones. and there's magic. Yeah. Totally. So that was one of those nights, nice, I presume. Definitely. Are you going to sing uh, that at the Witness Festival? Uh, hopefully, yeah. Okay, we, don't, we don't want to impose it on well, you. it's just that
1: we've only got an hour, so it's like, get on, boys, and, you know, get off. So, well, hopefully we'll do that one, yeah.
0: And if I, if I close the show with that song, would that seem like a good way to wrap it up yeah. for you after talking about all these influences? Yeah, definitely. If we played the, the recorded version? Yeah. Paul Weller, thank you very much. Pleasure. <laughs> okay, that was good. It's
1: it's right, it's, it takes
0: its own turn, yeah, don't you think? I hope so, yeah. Know, right? out the right? Hi, Judge Exon here again. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. More can be heard, as I said, at joejacksoninterviewer.com.